listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. Howdy. And we're going to talk about a little different subject for us today. This is more along the lines of pretty serious dog behavior. But it's one that came to our attention from several of our student dogs, client dogs, and taking care of your mom's dog. And taking care of my mom's dog. (laughs) And me getting a new dog. And you getting a new dog. So anyway, and that subject is learned helplessness. And we'll define that in a minute. So you've got to hang around, listen to our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. The Boo Boo Loon Pet Recovery Collar is an innovative inflatable product that comfortably restricts pets from harming most surgical wounds, skin disorders, and obsessive licking or scratching. It's the humane alternative to the hard plastic cone and other devices. The Boo Boo Loon is easy to use and designed to be soft, fully adjustable, and pillow-like, allowing for unrestricted vision and complete freedom of movement. Sizes range from extra small to extra large. So join the Boo Boo Lution. Become a Boo Boo Buddy on Facebook or check out BooBooLoon.com. B-O-O-B-O-O-L-O-O-N.com. Like your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. Is the best, most cost effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website PetLifeRadio.com. Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are. Available. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. Today, Petra, Kate, and I are talking about learned helplessness. 
And before we go on to examples, I went through my bookshelf, which really takes a lot of doing because there's so many books on it, and pulled up one of my favorite behavioral books. Animal Learning and Cognition by Charles F. Flaherty. And this book's been around for a number of years, but it's still a very educational book, and I refer to it every once in a while. But the definition of learned helplessness is... According to Mr. Dr. Flaherty, learned helplessness means that animals have a deficiency in learning, in learning that their behavior may influence the environment. So they don't learn how to control what's going on around them, right. and therefore even themselves. Right. So Kate and I started talking about this a few weeks ago. My mom had to make a trip, and so I, being the good daughter, said that I would take care of her three-year-old cockapoo, Ginger. Now, Ginger's a wonderful dog for my mom. She's happy. She's energetic. She makes sure my mom goes out for a walk every day. And for my mom, she's a wonderful pet. But coming over to my household... With three Australian shepherds and my significantly higher expectations of my dogs, Ginger was lost. And now it's not like she didn't know us. She knows me. She knows my dog. She stayed with me before. But Ginger's learned helplessness prevents her from making a choice in her actions. So rather than thinking about doing something or consequences of doing things, she just basically spins in circles and cries. Wags her tail and and uses really big brown eyes so that somebody will come save her. So that somebody will make a choice for her Mm -hmm. rather than make her make a choice. Well, unless it was something safety related, I refused to make choices for her. And the first couple days, she would eat hang out around her crate with the door propped open. She would go outside to relieve herself, and that's about all she did. She just wasn't capable about of doing anything else. After she'd been with me about three days, I think she was getting bored, silly, because I wasn't going to go back and get her and drag her out and throw the ball for her. It was like, if you want me to throw the ball, you come out here to me, and then I'll throw the ball. Better yet, you bring me the ball, and then I'll throw it for you. But after about three days, she started venturing out and going, okay, I'm bored. How do I make something happen? And she started following my 14-month-old puppy, Cisco. And Cisco makes lots of choices. He (laughs) thinks lots. (laughs) In fact, sometimes he thinks too much. But she started following him, and pretty soon she was bringing me a toy. And I'd throw it for her, and she was ecstatically happy. But... It was a long process, and at the end of the week, she still was only at the very beginning process of of realizing she could make a choice. Mm-hmm. And it's fun, and, and uh, low activity level is part of this learned helplessness and may have a correlation with depression in humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Studies still to be done on sure. that. But yeah, if you don't think anything you can do matters, then why try? And it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy as well. We see it in small forms in our classes. Um, I saw it in the this new puppy dog. Now, a Jack Russell Terrier at seven months is not inactive. No. <laughs> that was not the issue. The issue for him was problem solving. 
So I presented him. I wanted to keep him busy, keep him tired, and work his brain. So I presented him with a ball with treats on the inside with one hole. So he had to knock it around to get the treats to come out. So I, he watched me putting the treats, the kibble in there, and he got all very excited. And I put it down on the ground, and he sniffed it and got very excited and then looked at me. Flip it over, Mom. Where, where, where'd they go? What's going to happen next? And having seven years since Walter was a puppy, when he would have, you know, chewed through it, he would have knocked it, he would have gotten a hammer to break it open, he would have found some way to solve the problem. My mouth fell open. I was just astounded that, and that's, you know, he wasn't abused. Um, he was probably treated very, very nicely, but that's it. He was given everything. So, oh, good, she's getting treats ready for me. Oh, great, yes, they're going into that thing. Now, how do I get them out? Somebody do it for me. Right. You know what I think, just because I knew a little bit where he came from, he was also with older dogs, so they did it, and he just got the reward for it. Ah. Uh, so I'll just stand here and let you do it, and then I'll just reap the rewards. Right. But not learn how to do anything. Himself. Yeah. Or if he tried to do it, the older dogs may have knocked him back down. Right. So he just never had his own initiative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I that won't do. So I, <laughs> with Ginger, I undertook teaching him. So first I made a different kind of puzzle, one where he could see the kibble was inside. So I took a water bottle and took the cap off, put the kibble in there, put it down. Oh, that was all very interesting. And yes, he knew it was in there, but hmm, still wasn't obvious. Okay, so I cut the neck, the top off of the bottle. So the slightest of nudges. And he got a kibble out. Aha! Okay, he was on to something. But I think it was that first step of, oh, if I actually get involved with this, something happens. He got the idea of controlling it. So that the next time I did it, I didn't have to cut the top off. He nosed it around. And we've worked our way up to progressively harder puzzles. And now, each morning, he waits. Oh, cool. And as soon as I put the thing down, he's hitting it with his foot. He's nosing it with his muzzle. He's trying to figure out some way to get the treat dispenser to give it up. Mm-hmm. We're working up to harder puzzles. I think problem solving gives an animal, whether it's dog or human, a lot of confidence. Sure. The confidence and the understanding that, again, to go back to choices. We see it in the dog training, the dog that's Given the choice, you can do this or you can do this, and they just freeze. They just absolutely freeze. And sometimes just look at their owners saying, tell me what to do. But if we think about in the real world, the importance of the dog making a choice, you know, do you trot over the top of a rattlesnake? Do you jump in the swift flowing creek, even if the ball's in it or not? Do you go through the brambles or do you go around the brambles? You know, choices are important. Do you run out in the street or do you follow your training and stay on the curb? When a dog is overprotected or mishandled and he learns, he doesn't learn how to make a choice, how to solve a problem, that can literally be life-threatening. Some problems need to be solved by the individual. Right. So it can be either too much, I want to say coddling, but too good a life. Mm-hmm. Another example is a, a collie I've been working with. A couple of years ago, she went to her first confirmation show. Well, and let's preface this. that She's from a very good breeder, very, good very breeder. loved dog, well cared for. Uh, with a pack of very well-loved, well-behaved dogs. And uh, yeah, everything has been wonderful in her life. Did they practice confirmation? Yes. In a calm situation with people that she knew. So she went into uh, the ring 
and a stranger came toward her, and there were another a lot of extenuating problems that day with a storm in the air and umbrellas being blown over and different kind of shock to her system, including a large number of folding chairs that fell down, a whole stack of them. So she was being stressed out from all sides. And then to top it off, she was supposed to stand there and look confident while a stranger touched her. And that was, that was the last straw in her poor little camel. And she flattened out. She just totally said, that's it. I give up. I'm going to die and flattened out. So we've been doing a lot of training by teaching her that she can, I've been calling it bounce back, rather than having a more scientific term. But sure. It made sense to the owner. The life is full of struggles, and including my one in the corner over there that wanted to speak up about his struggles. <laughs> the one who has no learned helplessness whatsoever. No. <laughs> if 359 degrees of trying won't work, he'll go for that extra degree. But I set her up with a series of small obstacles that she could succeed at winning. And I have progressively, over the last couple of years, given her more and more obstacles. Until now, she's at the point where we can actually play some games, and I don't always have to be trying to spook her. We can just enjoy thinking puzzles. But she's also been able to, with this new confidence, go back to the showroom. Yeah, and take best in show, whatever she was well, at. Tell our listeners about the one where she was just competing with her sister. Oh, yeah. so she and her sister obviously are very similar in looks and carriage and structure. And the judge told um, the owner breeder afterwards, and handler afterwards, he says, I wasn't quite sure which one to pick because they are both wonderful dogs. They both move, both move well. And they look so much alike. But this one over here, pointing to the one that I've been working with, she just had that little extra bit of confidence in the way she held herself. <laughs> so mom was thrilled. <laughs> and mom so was, was Kate. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. We had a great big party for the girl afterwards. Um, so it can, you know, if it's being helpless is learned. It can be unlearned. It can be unlearned yeah. or supplanted with other learning. Yeah. And that's what I've been trying to teach now. On the other hand, in my puppy classes, most of these puppies, you know, they're only a few months in the world. They have not experienced a whole lot of stress yet, you know, other than the primal stress of being birthed. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and one of the things I'm after my puppy owners to do is to get out with their puppies and let them experience a little bit of the world, not to the point where they shut down but to a little bit of stress and then help them recover from it. Okay, let's focus on stress. So many times, not just in, in the dog training world or dog behavior world, but in the real world, we refer to stress as something that is bad. negative and bad. Too much stress obviously can be bad. It can lead in people. It can lead to high blood pressure and who knows what all else. But a little bit of stress and stress that can be overcome can be strengthening. Ask bodybuilders. Sure. That's yeah. the essence of bodybuilding, is you stress the muscles to tiny little tears so that it rebuilds stronger and bigger and better. And mentally, it's the same way. If we didn't have any mental stress, we would remain infants. We would never learn. We would never suffer the consequences and learn to do new things. And so manageable stress in our dogs is the same thing. Well, we demonstrate it a lot in front of class. Sure. Yeah. You know, when we see the dog and you see the reaction, there's a little stress, but they're learning from it. And before mm -hmm. you know it, we do the exercise again, boom, dog's got it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Back to uh, Dr. Flaherty again. It All sorts of scientific talk here about rats and shocks and dogs and shocks. But one of the studies shows that 
immunization against learned helplessness, and I'm going to paraphrase the rest of his science speak here, but a little bit of stress and recovery can be an immunization against learned helplessness. Sure. Mm -hmm. All right, we've got to take another break for our sponsors, but hold on because we'll be back. we got lots more on this actually fairly important subject, learned helplessness. So hang on. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, born to be exact. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash world, W-O-R-L-D, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like... So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience... Feels like home. For her. Enter the code DOGGY, D-O-G-G-Y, and save 10% on orders of $65 or more, plus free shipping at Petco.com. You like your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain, fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. In the first half of our show, we were talking about learned helplessness, what it is, some examples of it, and Kate mentioned that little bits of stress can help prepare the dog basically for dealing with stress and and preventing learned helplessness. In a book that I've got right here, Canine Behavior by Barbara Handelman, which is one of my favorite books, by the way, She has a brief paragraph here on learned helplessness, and she says, Experimental psychologists interested in learning 
have traditionally studied the behavior of animals and men faced with rewards and punishment that the subject could control. So saying that in people or in animals, basically if you can control that, the stress, the rewards or the punishments, both of which can be stressful in different ways, if you can control them, then that helps prevent learned helplessness. Basically the same thing that Kate was saying, but the fact that the dog or the person is able to make a choice. And I think that's a big thing is we have to to consider that the animal needs to have choices, both in, in obedience training, in life. And when the animal can have a choice, he can then think about it and actually do something about it. Does that make sense? Yes. And I, then, then as trainers and owners and of our puppy dogs, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, my brain is going <laughs> way to my hair. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. I gave her something to stew on. Well, in another... It's like, here we go. From another... <laughs> Hold on, folks! It's coming, it's coming! Seatbelts on! If you just do it, if you just always shape the dog. So right. it was something as simple as a sit. Right. Okay, so we lure them first. Right. So they get some muscle memory and they learn. If I move my body in this way, there's a reward at the end. Right. If they're not getting the concept or they're distracted, we will physically shape them to remind them of this is the choice we want. And then you get petting reward, but not a food reward, because that's commensurate with the amount of cooperation and cooperation yeah. that they yeah. put into it. But we also are setting limits on their choices because they're on leash, they're so they can only us. go so far. They right. can't decide to go run through the field with the butterflies and the daisies. Right. They have to make these choices. So right. we set it up for them to win to succeed by putting limits on it. But then we help them do it correctly so they get that joy of success and confidence that they made the right choice. Correct. Was there a point to that other than what I just said? No. But that's, okay. but that's, what, that's, that's good. It and all works choices. together. Choices. Sure. Choices. Um, but then you notice the dogs, there's always a couple in class that don't understand how to make that choice and will always have the owner shape or even shape to lay down and won't make an effort to do anything else. Or the dog that just flattens to the ground like the collie did that you were working with. Most of the time, though, what I do see is the dog who's just looking off into space and allowing the owner to manipulate their body, but their brain isn't there. No. You can tell. It's like, hello, nobody's there. Yeah. And the the owner is manipulating everything. Sometimes when we take a puppy dog, we, we often tell the class, we're going to take one of your puppy dogs to demonstrate because our guys make it look too easy. Mm-hmm. Right. And most of the time, we do pick a dog mm-hmm. that the owner doesn't believe can do it. Right. Right. And so right. they have not been presenting their dog with choices because they don't believe the dog can do it. And we bring right. them out to show them, look, your puppy dog can make a choice. We can tell them to sit, drop a biscuit in front of them, explain to them what leave it means, and look, they can do it on their own. And what's interesting when that happens, that you could just notice it in the eyes. Also, like, oh, I learned something. I can think on my own. You you're looking at up. the dog's eyes, right? You're looking at the dog, yeah. and then I look over at the owner eyes, and they're like, "Really? Yeah, really, <laughs> unbelievable." You mean this is a sentient being, not just a large stuffed animal? The dog almost gets happy to think. I can think on my own. Sure. Now let's talk about another pet peeve of ours that takes away the dog's choices of actions, and that's the tight leash. The owner always has that dog on a tight leash, so the dog is 
got his shoulders tight, his neck tight. He's constantly leaning into the, the leash because of he pulls against it. And that tight leash from the owner prevents the dog from ever being able to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And again, the owner does it because the owner doesn't think the dog will do anything else. I have to hang on to him. Right. And they always tell us that. I have to hang on to him or he's going to lunge at the other dogs or Mm -hmm. drag me down the street. Give him some slack and give him the benefit of the doubt that he can learn. Which is another problem we don't see very often, but it again, back to Flaherty's animal learning and cognition. Another way that learned helplessness can be created is if the dog gets in, or the rat or whatever, gets inconsistent rewards. Yes. If one plus one doesn't always equal two, mm-hmm. if they can't get it right enough times, mm-hmm. or sometimes I do it right and you still yell at me, mm-hmm. then they will quit trying. Well. Unfair mm-hmm. reactions. Unfair. Yeah. Sure. The dog whose training technique is much too harsh, the dog can also learn helplessness in that my name is no, no bad dog. And I don't know anything else but no, no bad dog. And so therefore I can never do anything right. And that dog stops trying. Again, learn and helplessness. We, and how many times have we seen it? I said your dog is now, has shut down and gave up. Yeah. And I'd say maybe about a quarter of our class, somewhere around three or four weeks, there's about a quarter of them that really embrace the putting a leash on and using the, uh, uh, and then there's like some such sense of, I don't know, power control that they forget to praise. Mm -hmm. And that's when we have to start running around going, hey, he did it. Now tell him how wonderful he is. Right. Even though on the first week of class, we tell them, We are going to make this training as positive as we can. We are going to use lures and rewards. We're going to use verbal praise. We're going to pet your dog. We're going to make this fun for you and your dog. But somehow, a lot of the people just catch on to that. So Uh many haven't even put their pups on leash. Yeah. Maybe for a walk where they're dragged down the street. But the idea of putting them on a leash in the house and using it to teach Mm -hmm. house rules and all that, it's almost as though, wow, I can do that. I can control yeah. But it's not teaching. Right. Teaching is teaching someone or something how to make choices. And in this situation, this is the best choice. Right. The rest is just control. And mm-hmm. I don't want to control my dog the rest of his life. No, we want him to be able to think and problem solve. Mm-hmm. And Now, we've got another aspect of learned helplessness. And this is Petra's pet peeve because she has two toy breed dogs. And that's the pocket pet phenomena. <laughs> The accessory, toy dog accessory, those poor, pitiful little dogs that live in carry bags and never set foot to the ground. Drives me nuts. Talk about the worst of learned helplessness. I mean, these little dogs can't handle anything because they've always been an accessory. Compared to Petra's two palms, yeah. <laughs> who chase the what? horses and what are not accessories? <laughs> and let's hold up Pixie, all three pounds six ounces of Maltese. Yeah, no. I think her mom would probably like her to be accessories, but she's not. She little, is not. Little Pixie will not. As a matter of fact, accessory. last week her mom was in a traffic accident, totaled the car. Yeah, she's okay, and so is Pixie. But apparently when the paramedics got there and pried open the door, the first thing they were met with was this three-pound, six-ounce Maltese <laughs> going, Who are you? Are you going to be nice to my mom? All right, then fine. But she was going to speak up. 
<laughs> and um, but then was also made the choice to calm down and say, oh, "Okay, mom said it's all right for you guys to come in," and did. And she's a therapy dog, and she goes out and makes choices <laughs> daily. But I will say the training process to get Pixie to therapy dog was hard certification it, was very yes. hard. It was <laughs> a long process very long. for her and mom. And it was. But part of that was because her mom is a very strong, independent woman, and she wanted a strong, independent little dog, and she got it. That's what she did. Be careful you what get, you ask well, for. Yeah, you get what you wish for. <laughs> so the little pocket pets, I think the best advice we can give for those is Put them down on the ground, leash them, let them walk. Get them out of the purse or the carry bag and let them be a dog. They're a dog. They're a smaller version. They're a dog. And dogs are wonderful. Let them be that wonderful thing they were born to be. Yeah. We have some that come into training class. And and unfortunately, when we get a pocket pet into uh, training class, it's usually because something has gone really, really, really wrong. Either the dog's three years old and biting people or he's two years old and still not house trained. And by then, it's a rough road. It's tough for dog and owner. And it's it's hard to change. And the first thing we tell them is put that dog on the ground and let her walk. First clue in the first class is how many times they're put on the ground. Or do yeah. they spend the entire class in the laps or arms? Right. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we get to the lay down, it's, well, she'll do it at home, but the grass is wet here. <laughs> or the ones who bring a, a blankie for them to lay on. <laughs> And you're, then in that case, I'm not sure who has the learned helplessness. The, yes. the dog or the owner, they mm-hmm. just feed on each other. Yes, yes. <laughs> a dog who doesn't want to sit down on grass. You know, that's just wrong. Well, or sniff the grass or, or roll in the grass. Or, or well, we had one in a recent class who said, uh, my dog never sees grass. How sad. How sad. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it doesn't, even if it's the size of a hamster, I don't care. They're still a dog. Yes, yes. Yeah. Give them that respect. I agree. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and we'll send Pixie and Keely after anybody who dares to say otherwise. <laughs> so, how could our listeners determine whether their dog is suffering from learned helplessness? You know, every so often, these tests of how to find out how smart your dog are go around oh, on the yeah. internet. Oh, yeah. yeah. And a lot of it is testing helplessness. Throw a towel over your dog, and how many seconds does it take for him to get out from but underneath But the problem it? with that is if the towel's on your dog's head and you giggle, and your dog, like my puppy Cisco, says, I made Mom laugh. Okay, let's do that some more. her, right. He's very bright, but he was reacting to me giggling. That and was so, a bigger reward than getting his head out from Yeah, yeah. He sure. paraded around with that on his head for two or three minutes while I laughed hysterically. How do I judge Walter? I threw a towel over him. He went, oh, this feels so good. He proceeded to roll himself in it and then roll around on his back. And he just enjoyed the entire moment. He didn't yeah. care to get out from underneath. Yeah. Yeah, but, when Cisco got out, he brought me the towel and wanted me to do it again. Yeah. And then about two days later, grabbed the blanket out of his crate and drug it down the hallway to the living room and gave it to me. So Her mom let's play. That play. <laughs> Most of the time when someone comes to us with a problem, it's because it's interfering with the dog's enjoyment of life. Right. So can your dog walk down the street without, A, trying to attack? And sometimes that can be out of fear. Sometimes it's aggression, but sometimes it's fear. Just get all this stressful stuff away from me so I can get back home. Is it interfering with your puppy dog's life? And then get yourself to a a good trainer or behaviorist and learn how to teach your puppy dog 
to have bounce back, to have coping skills, to have confidence in themselves, to be able to problem solve. And there's so many ways to do it depending on the problem. The coping skills, I think that brings up another one. If your dog cannot cope with any changes in the family, in the house, in life, that's another sign of learned helplessness. Now, granted, some do better or worse with various things, but if you see that your dog is continually overwhelmed anytime there's a change, Mm -hmm. then, again, he needs a little more confidence. He needs to learn to problem solve. He needs to... To, to be able to think a little bit more. I think learned helplessness removes some of the ability of the dog to process. I'm thinking back to last week's puppy play period, too. The shepherd that came in, now only 12 weeks of age. Mm-hmm. So this puppy dog has not had enough experience on life to decide one thing or the other about helplessness. Mm-hmm. But she walked in and was a little concerned. Mm-hmm. And mom felt so bad for her. She immediately started teaching her learned helplessness. Hugging her, petting her, reassuring her. The and, other, and another puppy came running over to say hi, and before her dog had a chance to decide if she liked it or not, Mom said, oh, it's okay, she's not going to bother you, and pushed the other puppy away. So she and this was, was a her socialization s- exercise. Exactly. <laughs> Mom was making herself feeling feel better because she thought she was saving her puppy. Right. And I had to take puppy away from her and sit her down to the side and explain, no, your puppy needs this, probably more so than the others. You're not helping her a bit by trapping her in her fear. And a helpless German Shepherd is a very, very sad thing. Yes. And a potentially dangerous thing. Yes. Not happy. No. no. And if her old dog goes to have her dog happy. Yeah. Not comfortable in her own skin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was my... In with the puppy's mom. Yeah. Is to say, you want her to be help- happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What you're doing right now, look at her tail down, look at her ears down, look at her body, all of that. Okay, now let me put her over here and jolly her up a bit and let another puppy come over. I walked back to mom and said, okay, she is now going from, oh, curious to, oh, I'm not so sure, but look at the curious. We're getting more of that. She's now starting to, she was going around the edge of the party. But she was moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was exploring. She wasn't actively playing yet, but right. but she was thinking and moving and exploring the training and yard. And one yeah. of the first signs of this learned helplessness is inactivity. Right. And mom was fostering that and praising it. Yep. So look at yourself. Look at your own motivations as a pup, puppy dog owner. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to feel better by by petting on your puppy dog for your own fears? But you've seen that happen. Oh, yeah. Um, Using a dog as a worry stone. (laughs) Okay, now, I've never thought of it like that. You remember worry stones and worry beads? And on that note, I think we're going to call it quits. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, we'll we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.